This is pro wrestling on uh, with your host Cole Dawson, Ron Kilborn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Pro Wrestling Uncut. I am your host, Cole Dawson. And with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. How the hell are you, sir? I'm doing well. You know, now that you said hashtag team, it was really adorable. My mother, you know, bless her little heart. My 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 parents missed a lot of my wrestling stuff because they just d- didn't like it that much. They They hated it so much that they didn't keep up with a lot of it. I mean, my mother was more of the, I don't want to see my baby get hurt shenanigans, which is okay. That's cute. But she stumbled upon one of our hashtag team promos and thought it was the best thing she's ever seen in the history of ever (laughs) and cannot stop talking about it and wants everything that's ever been documented while we're in those outfits (laughs) <laughs> all, all, all three matches in the two promos <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I told her i was like well i think only one match is not on the interwebs out of three and uh i think uh yeah so you're good there so you just put those on loop and uh you'll, you'll, you'll be good but anyway i'm fantastical how are you i'm good but uh since you bring up your dad i remember uh in the early goings in the early ongoings of our wrestling escapades your dad was at most of the shows. He even went to the uh, UWC or the sorry the IWC reunion show when you got knocked the fuck out cold by a chair shot uh, because was it who was it Outlaw Cody West was that the guy the piece of shit swung yes, the chair yeah. like a full on baseball bat instead of just a nice overhead one. To yeah. be fair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mud show Cody West definitely. Yeah. Uh, Def- definitely knew how to swing a chair, but to be fair, yeah, I did, I did, give, I did give him absolute permission, and not only permission, I, I kind of like gave him the old May Young. I was like, "You give me anything less than your best, you're going down." Like shit, like that. Yes, I, did, yes. I basically told him to don't don't swing it like a bitch. Yes. And you told him it. to bring it. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Meanwhile, yeah. on this very same show, I was in the opening match, and I got my knee completely smashed up in the corner, so I could barely walk. But I saw you get hit, and I went, oh, shit. And then I saw you laying dead in the ring, and then uh, someone took a big-ass bump, and it woke you up. I noticed that. It woke you up. And so you rolled out of the ring, and I saw you just kind of fall off the apron to your feet, and I saw the glassy-eyed, and I went, oh, shit, Rod's fucked up. And I, and I hobbled, hopped back into the locker room to get help on one leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is about two years in, so I couldn't sell that well yeah. yet. So that was pretty much yes. a tell. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, and I know your dad was at that show because he was in the locker room checking on you. But I yes. think that's a very good chance that was the last time your dad went to a wrestling show. <laughs> yes, yes, absolute last time. Like even on my second run, where like I lost the weight and shit, he was just like, "Nope, no, no. If you're gonna die, I'm gonna hear about it, not see it." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so as much as your mom was very vocal about, uh, I don't want to see my baby get hurt, your dad, I think, uh, was in the same boat once he saw that. That was it for him. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, I, 
I wish he could have seen some of the other stuff. But yeah, that was definitely probably the I think probably the first time I was ever knocked out just in life because I don't fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't play contact sports or anything like that. So I don't know that I've ever lost consciousness. But I definitely had a serious concussion when I was in grade school. I was, uh, what was it? Uh, we were messing around on the swings, and I went to jump off. And uh, so the swing sets at this school, the sand was right there next to the asphalt, like close enough that you could almost jump off the swings and hit the asphalt. So, like, I jumped off the swing and tried to get a running start, and that sand had all been kicked all onto the asphalt there. And as soon as I hit the asphalt, my feet went out from under me, and I went face first into that asphalt uh, to the point where I had a giant nasty raspberry on my forehead, but I definitely had a concussion. So uh, <laughs> that was that was my first concussion. <laughs> when life potatoes you. That's right. <laughs> oh, so concussions and all. Uh... We're here today to talk about Vengeance, the NXT uh, pay-per-view from this past weekend. And, Vengeance uh, NXT Day. Takeover. It's the, it's the Valentine's Day alternative, Vengeance Day. We got we got to get it right. Beautiful. Vengeance Day. And uh, <laughs> there wasn't, you know, it would have been nice if there were, like, any blood feud type things to require the name Vengeance. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. It's fine. Uh I will say, uh, before we get into this too deeply, that I liked this much better than Royal Rumble this year. I gotta say, this was way wildly more entertaining. Um, I, I do think that on this pay-per-view, there was a little bit closer to maybe not so good, but there was definitely a lot of good. And so, like, I enjoyed this much more Rumble. What about you? I enjoyed it, too. You know, it, it, I'm like you in a sense where like just ring the damn bell, bell to bell is where it's at, and I I think if you're looking for that as far as the wrestling goes, this was the this was the better show, but you know, like I said, Royal Rumble is just Royal Rumble is just basically a time of year mostly. You know, nine times out of ten we haven't really enjoyed the ending to a lot of them, uh, but you know. Well, it's but that's a, a different story. Like, if they, if I don't like the Rumble winners, I can get around that. Because usually there's at least, like, a, a match or a moment in the Royal Rumble that, you know, kind of steals the show a little bit or was, like, really great. But this year's Rumble was just kind of so mediocre, just there. And, like, this show had a couple of moments that were, like, oh, oh man, attention-stealing. Even just, like, during an entrance, you got one of those moments, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so oh, yeah. we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, we, we, we will get into that. And, yeah, and as we were texting each other during the main event, we'll definitely get into that, too, because, my goodness, that that, uh, that's a can that's a strong candidate, and we're already in February. But hey, last year I had a strong candidate for match of the year, and it, it took place in February, and we had a watch along. Look at it, look at it in our archives. Yes, sir. So this show opened up with the finals of the women's uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. It was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, and uh, I gotta say. Um, I thought the opening to this match was really good. 
I thought they did a very good job of establishing that Raquel Gonzalez is a freaking badass powerhouse. And uh, so the beginning, it was, you know, Ember and Shotzi were making quick tags, trying to do everything they could, double teams, anything, just to get a little bit of control in this match. And Raquel would just kept dominating them and beating them up. And so I thought the the very beginning of this match was was good. But then <laughs> they tagged into Dakota Kai, and it's not her fault, but Dakota Kai is manageable for the other females because she's smaller than them. And that's when Ember Moon takes over, and this match went a little bit awry because, like, Shotzi's green, and so, like, I understand and I give her a little bit of leeway for being sloppy and shitty because she's trying to do too much. But Ember Moon, everything she did was the drizzling shits. It looked like shit. This match was fucking awful in the middle. And then Raquel saved what was left of it in the end. And Dakota Kai just kind of felt like she wasn't there for me. Like this match was just God awful. Like, they made the ref look completely moronic several times in this match. Just like he he had his back turned a bunch of times. You couldn't tell who the heels and faces were because he did it for both teams. And so the ref just looked like an incompetent idiot. Everything was sloppy and bullshit. And at least the right team won. What did you think of this freaking opening match? I thought it was great. No. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, no, it... it... I think what could have saved it, if anything, was that I felt it was too long for what this match, what this match's story was supposed to be. And that was supposed to be, you ain't getting by Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez if Raquel Gonzalez is on the team. That's the yeah. story that they were telling, that, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you try, Raquel's going to overcome and beat and win. And uh, and I think they should have just made that the short story and just really put Dakota and Raquel on the map and really solidify Raquel's story going forward because you know she's going to separate herself from Dakota at some point. That's got to yeah. that's got that's got to be on the horizon. But yeah, no, it's just it, everything fell apart. I felt like they weren't they weren't having a pro wrestling match. They were just getting through it at, at, at one point. You know, uh, there was a. Com- a bunch of unsafe stuff that I, yeah. I, I got was cringing at. And it's not even like, you know, these girls are green. It's just, man, if, if you're not comfortable doing something, don't do it because that could be the end of your career. And, uh, yeah. And can someone explain to me why the ref just allowed two people to pin one person? I, uh, yeah, the ref, the referee, it was, it was, I never want to notice the referee and I noticed the referee a shit ton in this match because, and, and it was by design with the workers, but it didn't make any sense for me. Like if you're going to do the, the blind tag where the baby faces get a tag, finally, it has to be during a badass heat for the heels. Not just everyone's kind of standing around and they're yelling at the refs, and so the baby faces make a tag, and they come in, and the ref turns around and goes, like, no, 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 you got to get out. Like, it was so stupid. Like, that's not the spot that you do it in. Like, it, yeah. it can be really, really great in a 20-minute tag match if the baby faces are taking a long heat, and they finally make the tag, but the ref had his back turn, and he cuts them off. Like, that can be really great in a match, and especially with Raquel Gonzalez, you can really tell that story if she's putting the boots to one of these two girls. When they finally get that that hot tag, it's gonna light the you know it's gonna be awesome. But even then, like 
Raquel took a bunch of shit at the end of this match and kicked out of everything. Like, I, I think the story they were going for in this match was was mission accomplished. But I wrote down even in my notes, like if Shotzi and Ember could execute anything well, Raquel would have been like gangbusters in this match. She would have been over. But everything that Shotzi and Ember Moon did look sloppy and fake and contrived and just it this was not a well put together match for me. Yeah, no, it was it was a bit of a train wreck. And I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna chalk it up to three people having a bad night, hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean there's I I could probably point to the exact reason why this match failed, but that's maybe an off-air conversation. So <laughs> no, <laughs> on no. to <laughs> uh, on to my brother-in-law Johnny Gargano defending his title against Kushida. Um, I didn't even write notes down really during this match because it was just so freaking good. There was nothing to critique. There was nothing that was just like this match was just absolutely fantastic. This is when when you Johnny is one of those guys that can kind of go with anybody and match their style. So when you put him in there with a technician like Kushida, they can wrestle for 10 minutes like they did at the beginning of this match. And when this match was over, I thought, absolutely, the show is stolen. Nobody is going to top this shit. This could be one of those like the, we're going to talk about this match as possibly maybe looking back a match of the year candidate. Like, it wasn't, like, hands down matches over, like, holy shit, that no one's going to beat this all year. But, like, if nothing else great happens, this could be it. And so uh, when this was over, I was like, fuck, just in the show now. This shit's over. Nothing's going to top this. And then a few minutes later, uh, they did a backstage segment. And I realized, I remembered that Pete Dunne and Finn Balor were in the main event. And I was like, okay, that might catch this. So, <laughs> But for me, this match was fantastic. This is everything I love about Johnny. And uh, I think this was kind of, for me, this was the first time Kushida really got a chance to show what he can do in NXT. So, Yes, I, I definitely agree. Johnny is a wrestling chameleon. He will he will adapt to everybody, and you know I was kind of weary about his heel turn. I was like, man, this guy is the prestige babyface worker. How is he going to do this? And you know, um, I, he he has done it, and he's done it in spades. Because I think he's one of those rare guys in the modern wrestling era that can be a pro wrestler and sprinkle the indie dust on it, whereas. What, whereas guys rely on one or the other, mostly just the indie stuff. But Johnny puts stuff in his matches that is storytelling driven. Like I texted you in big capital letters, brilliant, when he did the guillotine uh, at the very end uh, while he was hooked in that submission. I was like, man, that was perfect. Because like it's it's cheating, but it's not against the rules. Like I never seen yeah. someone disqualified for a guillotine but it was underhanded and fucked so it's he does he doesn't blatantly break the rules in front of the referee he he knows his ring awareness he I, he's just he's just a chess player as far as being a wrestler uh, a pro yeah. wrestler and i think you know he's he's triple h and Shawn michaels favorite for a reason you know everyone talks shit. <laughs> there's a reason <laughs> there's a reason yeah yeah and but yeah amazing match 
I think this was uh, this was Kushida's best outing since his resurgence into the street clothes. Uh, because, you know, when he first came in, and I remember that was one of your notes, too. Like, why is Kushida in street clothes? Yeah, uh, yeah, I get uh, it for the street fight, but, you know, now let's let's put on wrestling gear. You're one of the premier technical wrestlers on the planet. Like, let's be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I get why they did it, because when he first came in and he was having a, a match every week, it was just kind of like no one cared, and that's even with the audience. And, yeah. Uh, and then, like, Susie had that match with Velveteen Dream, and he was wearing, like, street clothes. And I don't think they've ever gone this route since, like, the the, the first edition of Kai and Tai, where they, they came out, like, in street clothes. You know, they, they had the, 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 the Japanese wrestler come out in street clothes and just be ass kickers. Uh, so I think, I think I like it in the sense that they're trying to give, uh, give the Japanese character more of a gritty personality ex- uh, aside from just being Japanese, which is, I think, yes. the move. Yeah. Yeah, and this was great. And, and But this was one of the times we got just a little glimpse of a backstage segment to further a storyline, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll all find out about tomorrow. But uh, there, the, the, the way is walking out to the ring and just all of the sudden, out of nowhere, uh, oh my god, Austin Theory gets kidnapped. <laughs> Uh, you just you just see a hand come out, grab his face, and the way he sold it to me was just amazeballs. And so, like, even though it was kind of silly and dumb, the way he sold it and how nobody else noticed made it made me pop for it. And I thought it was funny, and so I was cool with it. I just thought it was a little silly that the rest of Johnny's group was spent the whole match searching for him, so Johnny had to win all by himself. <laughs> Which was yeah. fun, but like yeah, yeah, it was very, very Scooby Dooish. Uh, and then yes. I and then I rewound it and realized who who stole him, and I was like, damn it, because <laughs> I, I I've said it before and I'll say it again. It, it, the Dexter Loomis character just has not grabbed me yet, and I don't think it's going to. I'm just not not a fan, but I I I do like that guy. He's he's really good. I just think he's been saddled with. A very uninteresting gimmick, in my yes, opinion. Yes, a no-win no situation, which is typical WWE bullshit. So. But I don't know when this uh, thing started. Uh, let's transition to gimmicks and uh, being saddled with, and we, we could talk about what it means and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. what they're doing with Cameron Grimes right now, I pop so hard uh, because they... He's basically the same, like, Western, like, annoying Yosemite Sam type of guy. But now he's yeah. got, like, money. It's, like, stacks of bills and, like, crazy yeah. cars. And he's, like, yo, MTV Cribs about it. I don't know. I'm excited for what they're going to do with uh, with uh, old Cameron here uh, coming up. Because I think it's just hilarious. Don't put him with Dexter again, though, please. Because he's better than so- so, so now we get to see what happens when white trash gets money. That's basically yes. what this gimmick is going to be. Yes. And DJ Barbecue is raising his hand over here because he would like to interject on Cameron Grimes. DJ Barbecue, welcome to the show today. You have I'd like to two call minutes. him uh, <laughs> GameStop Millionaire is what I would like to call him. He has Game GameStop Stop. money. Oh, man, if they work that into an angle where he's like the leader of the Reddit community that took over Wall Street... <laughs> That would actually be really good. I'd be okay it's, with it's, that. Uh, it's topical. GameStop, really there. Bet on GameStop and went to the moon. <laughs> and, uh, 
That see now, okay, that's one of those things. We're gonna get off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I really I miss the days in professional wrestling when they used to tie into more mainstream stuff. And now I get it. Like for me, I like real heels. I like real baby faces. Like, it, but if you're gonna have a tweener, I'm just saying. Right now would be the perfect time to rehash the Zeb Coulter gimmick, something along those lines, where somebody like I want, I'm fine with them getting political to a certain extent. Obviously, let's not start talking about policies necessarily, but I'm fine with the idea of like a border patrol gimmick or terrorists or whatever it is because. It's real life, and this is entertainment. We've admitted it's entertainment. Like, it's the dumbest shit ever. We've gone to the point where we admit 100% that this is fully, completely entertainment, and they stop doing anything edgy or creative or interesting and just uh, go bell ring the bell and do the stuff, other than burning people. So, like, Ronald, why can't we get a Donald Trump supporter gimmick? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know, and, like, you know... In, in in an industry where heat is sorely missed, that would be the time to get it. Uh, right. I mean, it's just, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why wrestling gets put in this bubble to where like, oh man, the second Triple H fucked a corpse, I was done with Raw. But did you see Game of Thrones, man? Cersei fucked your brother. That shit was awesome. <laughs> now, you know, I, I, I don't understand that logic, why you can take one fictitious show and then, you know, be done with it based on the content, but then yeah. obsess over, you know, a show like Dexter or Game of Thrones where you're rooting for the serial killer. Oh, I hope that guy that 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 wraps people in plastics and slits their throat and raises and tries to raise a family doesn't get caught. Man, I'm rooting for that guy. But Triple H comes out and puts on a cane mask and simulates fucking a corpse to piss off the big red machine is is all of a sudden unforgivable. I don't get or it. Or Daniel Bryan takes his necktie off and tries to choke a guy with it. That's not acceptable. I so. mean, that was almost that was almost a gift to the wrestling business. Let me tell you. The <laughs> uh, good old Justin Roberts. Oh yeah, he he is the human mute button. Jesus. Uh, Speaking no. of human mute button, Charles, what do you think about uh, incorporating some of these real life, you know, edgy? Uh, controversial storylines into uh, TV wrestling. We do have one that was in that kind of like president type of like cult type of uh, like theme. He was down in Mexico and he had to leave Mexico because of it. Now see, fans in different areas of the of the world handle things differently. They knew that this was like, you know, a gimmick. But during the show, things got a little out of control. He actually had to leave the country. And that was uh, Corey Graves' brother did that gimmick. Yeah. So it's there. It's, it's It has potential, but the problem is I don't think it'll work because of what I have to gather my breath. Ron made me laugh real hard. I started choking. <laughs> um, the problem is is that we as like fans in, in the States here um, can't separate the difference like others. In no, other but that, but that's what I want, though. I I want I know you can. I want people. people can. I, I want to get back to people getting stabbed in parking lots by wrestling fans. <laughs> well, I mean, like, on impact, I, I want to get back. I want to get back to riots and shit. Like, yeah, I want to I mean, get back to real heat, real emotions. Like, 
people right. caring about who wins, who loses. Like that's hey, what man, I that's want. A, I'll tell you what. The filming effect on Impact. I mean, somebody got shot during a wedding. So hey. I mean. The, I tell you what, though, like, you know, after last after last week's conversation, if Lacey Evans fucks Ric Flair to death next week, you know, let's watch those. Let's watch those ratings set records, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> but, oh, Space Mountain is down. <laughs> oh, down, down for maintenance. Oh, oh, that just that does remind me the last time Ric Flair was kind of on TV on a regular basis. You know, running around with evolution and this and that, and he was still doing trying to. He was still doing the rap about uh, Space Mountain and all that, and then they cut to the the scene like, "Oh, you guys go in there. I'll be there in a minute." And he stops to pop some blue pills. <laughs> That's one of those like they could do more of that where it's kind of funny and it, like I like that kind of stuff. But let's but stop hey, burning people in 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 the middle of the ring. But hey, you, uh, you, you. I want to backtrack to your question. Like, why can't there be, you know, a Trump supporter gimmick or like, you know, something that's kind of walks that line? But hey, you know, it never got mainstream attention. But I attempted to do something like that. I uh, yes, I was, you did. I was feuding with all the luchadors, and I wanted to extract the luchadors from American wrestling. And there's even a public service announcement commercial floating on the internet somewhere, where I'll probably just have to direct our audience to because it's absolute hilarity and if you're into smart markisms i do drop some uh drop some little hit drops on there that's kind of fun for wrestling fans especially the smart ones but yeah no it was fun to walk that line especially in a predominantly mexican crowd because they uh they uh they definitely go hard with the insults another deep cut by aerosmith walk this way on boring 102.7 where radio stations play 16 minutes of commercials every hour <laughs> this is carrie from gary chevrolet and i'm carrie from jerry chevrolet where the request line just rings and rings and rings, and rings. that would suck Radio doesn't have to suck. The only live local rock and roll radio show anywhere in the Sioux Empire. Actually playing music in the morning and the music you want to hear. Your requests at 605-215-5272. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Tune in at KBackRadio.com on Apple Music or on your Alexa or Google Home enabled device. Also on the Live 365 and tune in mobile radio app. KBackRadio.com. This isn't some corporate VP of programming's rock. This is our rock. We're on the uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK. So, okay. uh, yeah. So this, I like the promo at the beginning of this match. Uh, I like the whole setup that, you know, I like the idea, especially in today's climate. This is one of those things I've always wished that they would have done this when they brought Bret Hart back. I think him feuding, a group led by Bret Hart feuding with a group led by, say, Shawn Michaels or Triple H or whoever, where Bret's group was the serious wrestlers group, like the Daniel Bryans of the world versus Shawn Michaels and his sports entertainers. I thought that would have been a great thing, especially leading up to like a Survivor Series type situation where... Both of these guys lead a team like this. So the idea of 
you know, the grizzled young vets, they're mat based wrestlers. They're serious wrestlers. They, you know, pick a body part and do that. And they did that in this match, which was nice. Uh, wrestling basically indie riffic spot monkeys that's that's who the team is that they're wrestling against i like the idea of the clash of styles and trying to fight for supremacy and and so i like the setup there and but and then the match started and i was like okay this is exactly what i expected you know the the grizzled young veterans are trying to keep it on the mat and do their stuff and they're controlling the early part and then MSK fires up and then we just get a bunch of sloppy half ass stuff that just is unimportant not you know nothing matters and it's just stuff and why in every single one of these super flippy dippy tag teams is there one guy that looks like an athlete that's in great shape that can do all the stuff really crisp and clean. And then there's like one pudgy, weird looking dude who's not as good. <laughs> Why is that the case? <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought it up, pal, because I can't make a whole star out of one guy anymore. I got to take one guy that can talk. And I got to take one guy that looks great. And I got to put them together in a tag team. Together, I put them one star. One star tag team. The guy that can talk and the guy that can work. And we put them together and they made one man. And one bury man. them in the middle of the middle card. Yes. <laughs> in the tag team division that nobody cares about, especially Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, this is a tag team? Oh, fuck this. <laughs> uh, VKM does not like MSK. <laughs> no. No, so, no, no, so yeah, I mean, this match was just there for me. It was cool. I guess the whole point of this tournament was to get a new tag team over, which is great. That's what you should do with the tag team, uh, with the tournament. Like, you know, that's what the NXT tournaments are for, is to make a new star. And so, sure, that's fine. I didn't watch most of this tournament. Or let me rephrase. I haven't yet watched most of this tournament. I need to get on my DVR and uh, catch up. But uh, it was whatever. MSK is okay. Well but let me just save you, let me just save you the time the only match to go back and watch other than the finals because the finals were were were, they were fun but the match of this tournament was Adam Cole and Roderick Strong versus Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa holy shit got to be like top 5 tag team matches i've ever seen just like legit the it was pro wrestling at its finest it was technical at its finest the facial expressions from everybody was perfect the pacing was legit. It was the main event of the show, so they got loads of time. I it's it, it definitely one of the best matches I've seen in the pandemic era for sure. Maybe the best tag team match is a little strong, but I it's one of those stop what you're doing and go watch this. Yeah, after we record, watch this. I thought you've seen it, so watch it. Oh yes, I will definitely be checking that out. All you had to do was say Adam Cole. And all okay, no, all you had to do was either say Adam Cole in a ring with Tommaso Champa or Roderick Strong in a ring with Timothy Thatcher, and I was one thousand percent sold on that match. You put all four of them together, and uh, we could just stop the podcast now, and I'll go. No, yeah. <laughs> no we won't do that. But <laughs> absolute magic. Yeah, so this match was just kind of there for me. It's cool, good for MSK, but uh, wasn't. It's not my cup of tea. How about you? Was it okay for you? You liked it a little more than I did. I, I think. Mean, I mean, you know, it's just the match did what it did. It made a new tag team. The whole. I think that's what the whole tournament was for, for the, on the male side anyway. Uh, but I love the grizzled young veterans. I, I said that 
the final should have been those two versus Thatch and Champa. I think Thatch and Champa having a big, you know, blood feud that ended in the fight pit and then they become tag team to do the Dusty Classic, I thought was a better story than just making a new tag team. I think you could have got just as much out of that new tag team if, you know, they gave it their all and lost to a really good tag team. Yeah. But, you know, that I think that story is told a little too much. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ha I'm happy for these kids. I just hope they make the most out of it. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely would have gone with the grizzled wrestlers the whole time. Yeah, well, I, to be fair, though, I feel like uh, the, this is where NXT has been hit the hardest is their tag team division. Like two years ago, they had a really good, deep, talented tag team division. And they, they went through a very long stretch where they at least had one feature tag team that was really great. You know, they went from, from DIY and then they, they had the, uh, the Viking Raiders or whatever they were being called at any given day. And then, and then they had the, uh, you know, they, they, they've gone through a good stretch of tag teams and then all of those guys either split up or went to the main roster, and they are literally left with just thrown together tag teams and Fandango, like <laughs> or Brizongo, like Brizongo. it's like yeah, it's all it's like there's no tag teams except Brizongo, <laughs> and it's like okay, but no, but like they've been around forever, so they're not fresh, they're not you know, no one's gonna give a shit really, and See, so they the needed a new tag team, so MSK cool. See, that's the thing. They got a lot of tag teams. They just don't feature them all the time. Like they got, they got Imperium. They got the, they got Oni and Birch. They're the tag champs. So uh, yeah, they got those guys. But Imperium's good. You got uh, who else? You got right now? You got uh, shit. I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other two guys that are with Santos Escobar. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah, the other guys. But I mean, to be fair, I I don't know if Imperium has had trouble with with COVID being here on a regular basis and this and that. So, but even still, like th those tag teams that you mentioned right now, they were like the undercard, like just once in a while guys. And so now you go for like the whole division's gone, and all you're left with is like, you know, guys you barely have used. You haven't had time to build them up to bring them up to that level and like even even Oni Lorkin and Birch like they just were like thrown together as a top tag team all of a sudden because they needed something for war games like it's, it's, yep. so all of a sudden you took like the jobbers of the tag team division to oh they're the champs and they're they're in there because this guy needs some bodies well yeah so, they were never they were never supposed to be in that spot when that Ridge Holland guy broke his leg they pivoted and put yeah. a tag team in there, and that's what happened. That that poor guy that broke his leg, uh, they was supposed to team with Matt, Pat McAfee and all of them in that match. So, yeah, that that was unfortunate. But you know, it, it gave Oni and Birch an opportunity to run with the titles. Uh, yeah, and, and it's an opportunity they've just been waiting for for years now because they are a good tag team and like their matches every time they go out there and they work they they really have great tag team matches with everybody but like they're just kind of in that spot where they're so good with everybody but they don't have like an overt over the top personality there's not a lot of like story there so they're just like the workhorses to make everyone else look good and now all of a sudden you got to make a main eventers but they've lost every match ever so yeah. it's just it's a tough spot but i'm i'm good with this i think they'll probably have a pretty good match with msk i would think 
I would so, hope so. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys can definitely be carried to something good. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody else in that match, you know, yeah. I, Zach Gibson and uh, his partner there. I love Zach Gibson. He was on the second round of the uh, UK, uh, the UK tournament, and he was the standout. And uh, I just think he had, him and his partner are freaking amazing workers. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his partner's name. But the Grizzle Gun veterans are outstanding. I hope to see more of them in the tag team division on NXT. Oh, you got a little case of the coal brain there, right there. Or I don't remember anyone's name as soon as we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't feel so bad. I couldn't remember Pat McAfee a second ago. And, and you gave me a little cheat on it. I just kept talking about it long enough, hoping you'd jump in there. So don't feel I, bad. <laughs> I, I punted you the answer. Yo, with the football reference. That's like two weeks in a row, Ron, with the football reference. Good yes. stuff. So yes. now... Uh, we need to we need to move this along. We've done a lot of uh, of uh, uh, talking. <laughs> we keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> We're talking on a podcast. <laughs> Fuck, we've been doing this all wrong. I couldn't remember the word tangents right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> we are a little bit off the rails. So let's get back on track right now. Oh, yes. pontificating. Uh, now this. Okay, so. <clears throat> Women's title match, Io Shirai, who I love, Tony Storm, who I absolutely love, and Mercedes Martinez, who I'm okay on, but at least Mercedes is a solid in-ring performer. My only really my my only real note on this was like, wow. Look what happens when you put women in a match when all three of them actually know what they're doing and everything looks crisp and it's not contrived and fake. You can have a fantastic match. So what this I wrote down this is night and day from the women's tag match. Like this is a completely different thing. If I was going to show someone women's wrestling and tell them that they can be as good as the men, I would use this as, you know, this kind of match as an example because everything in this was good and Add in the fact that this was a three-way when it could have been a total clusterfuck. None of it was contrived. They didn't just like big bump someone and have them lay on the outside for 10 minutes. Like all three girls were involved in this match from start to finish. Everything kind of flowed into the next thing naturally. And this came off really good for me. This is, I love three ways when they're done well. I hate three ways when they suck. This was a good three-way. I enjoyed this match. Ronald, what did you think of the three-way women's championship match? I thought this was the third best match of the night. It, it was. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Uh, you can tell. I mean, I mean, look at the three competitors. All three of them came up the hard way. You know, yeah. they suffered on the indies and became, and you know, and they they rose up to to the the, the mainstream, and then they and you know, we get the match that we get. You know, Tony Storm is hardcore UK, brought up the hard way, strong style. Uh, so was Mercedes, and so was Io. And you know, they they all they they all um, really cut their teeth on the independent circuit, and you can tell that they were 100% in on their chemistry. And I, you know, was actually shocked because of the promo video. You know, I I thought Io has been dropping that title to like the last three takeovers, and she just keeps squeaking by. And they're they're really putting her on a pedestal there, and I'm glad because you don't see many dominant champs, you know, like year long, over a year long champs uh, uh, that often. And when you get it, it's uh, it's refreshing. 
Yeah, well, that, this is the one title that they really haven't had misfortune with where they've had to kind of bastardize it. Like, they had the couple runs, like, uh, with Rhea and Charlotte Flair. They did pass it around a little bit for a little while. But, I mean, if you go back just before that, Shayna Baszler was a champ for a year, you know. And, and so this is the one title NXT has actually made feel like a prize still at this point. Um, and their world title up until this last year was that way, and then they had bad luck. Realistically, that's what it came down to. You know, they put the title on Keith Lee, and then Vince McMahon says, hey, I need that guy. You know, and they didn't have a choice, really. And then, so when he loses it during the match, you know, the guy he loses it to breaks his shoulder. And I was like, what are you supposed to do? Carrying Cross, you know, died during the title match. And so, and then it went to Finn Balor and he broke his jaw the first title defense. So they've just had a lot of bad luck. But the women's title, they've been very fortunate. No one's gotten injured. That title means something. And I want it to mean something. And I'm hoping that uh, someone we all know and love very well might get a chance to hold on to it for a few months here down the road at some point. So uh, I'm fine with EO retaining i don't want the title to change hands because that makes it a little less likely that uh someone we're pulling for gets that their her hands on that title so yes oh now time for our main event of the evening uh ronald you have the floor finn balor defending his nxt title versus pete dunn and a go i was a kid in a candy store this entire match, bill to bill, just the, from the lockup to the three count, I was so happy. It's just the pacing was perfect. Everything was earned. The one guy didn't. One guy didn't let the other just simply pick him up. Uh, just every transition looked like a struggle. You know, a match can look sloppy, but uh, because so because so can a fight. A fight is yes. not the prettiest thing in the world. You know, I, I've actually been around your father uh, watching a UFC fight and just him talking about how bored he is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's come around since then, but I know he's like, they're just laying on each other. I was like, yeah, yeah if we start fighting now, we're going to be on the floor most of the time. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No one's just going to like, no one's going to have these martial arts sequences like we do in pro wrestling land. So, I'm going off on a tangent, uh, Pee Wee Herman uh, word right there, <laughs> special word. But uh, word of the day, word of the day. Yes, the word of today is tangent. <laughs> yes, the word of the day is tangent. So, but yeah, no, this match was like the epitome of technical wrestling, and you know, looking like a simulated fight. And I, I I've been a fan of Pete Dunne ever since uh, he was on my radar on that first UK tournament. Uh, I still go back and rewatch him versus Tyler Bate at that takeover. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen to this day. And um, yeah, uh, him versus Balor. I can't believe that's never happened before. They they put a lot of emphasis on that. It hasn't happened anywhere ever. So uh, I thought we were getting a bit of a treat there. But yeah, no, the match did not disappoint. And uh, it's just... It's great to know that even after that three-way match and after the Johnny Gargano match, that even after you watch both of those and you even had the same reaction after you, it dawned on you that this match was still happening. Like, yes. oh man, nothing's going to top that. Pete Dunne and Finn Balor are in the main event. Oh, 
<laughs> it, once you got once you once you have talents like that that make you kind of backtrack statements like that, yeah, uh, you got something special. But no, amazing match, definitely a candidate for match of the year already for me. Uh, I'm a fan of both guys. I'm a fan of the finish. I'm a fan of who won, and I'm a fan of the aftermath. But we'll get there after your opinions of said match. Uh, well, this is uh, my. This is like the definition of professional wrestling to me. This match right here is, is everything I love about professional wrestling. They started off with just the, the, let's work a body part. You know, uh, Pete Dunne doing as he always does, going for the fingers, going for the arm. Finn Balor attacking Pete Dunne's leg. I thought, I even texted you at one point in this match and I go, dude, that stomp on the foot from Finn to Pete Balor and the way Pete Dunne sold it meant more than anything in any of the other matches on this card because when he stomped on his foot, Pete Dunne literally went to his ass and grabbed his leg and acted like he couldn't stand for a second. And just that one, that, that three seconds right there did more to get anybody over on this show than anything else because... Pete Dunne sold it like it was meaningful and he gave it meaning and therefore boom, now we have some shit. And for the rest of the match he went to the knee, he kept continuously going to the leg and it was brilliant. I mean this match was just absolute in-ring storytelling at its finest uh, and then you did have some athleticism. I thought the finish was fantastic that, that Finn realized he had to do something after the double stomp, even though no one's ever kicked out of it, or rarely does anyone ever kick out of it. And uh, so then he hit him with the big DDT just to put an exclamation point on it. Um, but yeah, leading into the aftermath, man, I thought it was so great. So great that they they came down and did the beat down. Um, but, you know, it's one of those, another thing that I did text you about. I think it, at this point... A certain uh, certain member of the podcasting wrestling community has ruined run-ins for me because it was great that uh, it was Loki, it was Orny, yeah, Oni it was is you know Pete Dumb's boys. Oni and Birch come out and they start putting the boots to Finn, and then it goes on for uh, maybe a little bit too long before anyone reacts, and then the freaking music has to hit. I'm like. Dude, these guys that were having a blood feud, they would be out there in 10 seconds. They took the time to stop at the <laughs> at Gorilla and say, hey guys, can you play my music so I could go out there and help him? That would be great, guys. Okay. And then they waited for their music to play, and then the music played, and then they were like, oh, Undisputed Era, yeah! And they run down and fight. And it's so dumb now that someone applied logic to it. And ruined it forever, but I still will always go back to the time that Steve Austin's music hit during the Mick Foley match, the Mankind Rock match, where it turned into a clusterfuck and the whole corporation was out there it's, trying to screw over Mick. We're going that back crowd to, reaction. We're going, we're going back to my argument about you know why do why do fictional shows get this, but wrestling cannot get this? <laughs> yes, so, like you know when when. Uh, I can't even come up with a good example, but when the villain is about to throw the damsel in distress off the cliff, and just before the hero comes in on his on his 
on his knight in shining armor and <laughs> comes in the big jet and comes to save the day. The big score hits. Da, 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 da. I don't know why I went back to, went to back to the future music, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the same shit. It's the same shit. It's you know they're presenting a television show. You got this big climactic. Oh no, the hero. Then all of a sudden the big score hits. It's just the transition of the heroic part coming. And uh, yeah, no, we sometimes we look at it just as pro wrestlers and apply too much logic to it. But we have to really step back and watch it as a television show sometimes. Yeah, I just thought in this one instance it came across a little silly, but uh, yeah. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let DJ Barbecue weigh in a little bit on there because I'd like to get a full fan perspective on wrestlers' entrance music for a run-in. Charles, what do you think? Uh, I would agree with you on the fact that if you know there's a blood feud that they would go it out right away, but it's no Rhea Ripley uh, entrance like it was what, maybe almost uh, about eight months ago. Uh, I think Charlotte was in said ring, and then all of a sudden she just did her slow little, and, you know, she should have went in there right away. So it, it was good, but I think it would have been, yeah, just go out there. You don't need the music. If one one group didn't have the music, the other one shouldn't really have it if it's a blood feud. And that's just I, my I, old school way of fan thinking. I, 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 would, I would say... I would say just this. When you look at the Mick Foley Austin one, where Austin's music hits and simultaneously 10,000 people jump to their feet and lose their shit. Yeah. If yeah. if the guy just does a run in and there's no music, then the reaction's going to be it's not going to be one big pop at the right. same time. It's going to be a smattering of applause and, and it, it, it's going to be a growing response, you know, kind of like when a really brilliant comedian tells a, tells a very smart joke and he's got to lay up there laughing for about five seconds, right. waiting for the rest of the audience to laugh. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'm on the fence on it, but in this case, I thought it was a little silly because yeah. the, the beat downs just go on too long. I think, I think that's the main thing It's just that, the beatdowns are way too long before we finally get the run in. But yeah, it's because there's no crowd, the actual crowds to listen to. To yeah, yeah, and that hurts it too. So you don't, we don't know how the crowd reacted when when Undisputed Era's music hit. But at the same time, I also feel like we're conditioned at this point to where we know there's a schmazz and everyone's just looking at the ramp anyway. So like nobody's watching the saying. ring at that point. That's so. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let's 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 pause the formulaic stuff for a second, because man, how how awesome is when just the villain just wins at the end of the movie? <laughs> right. Like right. Can we just like just once in a great while, like the the ending of Infinity War. If you haven't seen it, fuck you. Uh, when he yes, snaps his yeah. fingers and everyone turns to ash, that was the most like, just the saddest. That is the saddest I've ever seen my daughter after a movie. Uh, for sure. <laughs> so I was like, yes. I'm just in the background. My pro wrestling ass is in the background going, oh, the heat. The heat. Look what the heat yes. that has created. She's, her, her day is ruined. Like, why can't Bro. we get, Yeah. Why so, can't we I, stuff like that? So, um, so my brother Warren was getting married the day that that movie came out. 
And so what he decided he wanted to do with the, the bridal, you know, with his, his group, the groomsmen, the grooms party and me, the officiant, uh, we all went to see that movie and we all had, he, like, he made shirts. He made, he made group shirts for everyone that all look like Patriots uniform stuff because he's a Patriots fan. And he made me, this was great because he knows how much I hate the Patriots. He made me like a full-on Bill Belichick sleeve cut-off sweater since I was the officiant. So I was the only one, like, so all the groomsmen had the, t the matching t-shirts and then I got the sweater because I was the officiant, so I was the coach. So it was pretty freaking cool. But we all went to the movie theaters like that. Like, we legit walked out of the movie and we were all like, bro, we we can't do this wedding thing now. We're like crushed emotionally. We can't handle a wedding now. This is horse shit. So, yes. <laughs> so that was an emotional ass day. <laughs> you, you sold me on the movie at his wedding. Like, yeah. Oh, I saw Infinity War today. Leave, leave this wedding now to go. Yeah. See <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is my brother's wedding. Fuck that. You need to go see this movie because this is life changing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Absolutely. But this was one of those pay-per-views where we did get the heel finish. We did because during the melee and the run-in, we finally got the the heel turn, well, the breakup, so to speak, the first step in the breakup of the Undisputed Era when Adam Cole finally laid out Kyle O'Reilly. And I thought this was absolutely brilliant because at this point, after the last War Games, that was like the last hurrah for Undisputed Era. They have no real direction, no nothing really going for them. And Adam Cole has at, now has a competitor for the focus of this, of this group. I think Kyle O'Reilly has done a lot in the last six months to make himself be another star that's approaching the level of Adam Cole. So I thought this was brilliantly done. I think it's great time for a, a breakup and it, it leads into a feud that actually means something and matters because this group has been such a big thing for so long. How did you like the finish of this pay-per-view, Ronald? I loved it. Uh, I think, I think uh, everyone, I think everyone likes to lean on the method of, having everyone go home happy and I don't think there's enough cliffhangers and questions uh, and I think this uh, show accomplished that it left you asking questions it made you want to tune in to Wednesday because at the end of the day that's the goal right so I'm definitely going to be watching Wednesday because I really want to see you know Adam Cole's explanation and where this is going to go is he going to go after O'Reilly first is uh, is he going to go after Finn first because he kicked Finn first um I don't know where they can go. They, they could have a triple threat match, but I hope they don't blow that off and just waste that too quickly. If there's enough meat on the bone for this to last a few months, you still have the other two members of the Undisputed Era uh, to worry about. I mean, Roderick Strong looked like he had just as much questions as we do as an audience. So I think there's a lot of holes to be filled, and I hope they go the long game, even during the breakup, because they did a great job going the long game uh, as far as them being a unit. They, everyone call, called them breaking up like a year ago, but they kept yeah. And, you know, I thought it was absolutely time. Uh, you know, they, they did the baby face run. It was cool. But now I think it's time for some fresh matches. And uh, I think it's time for our top guy, Adam Cole, to go it alone right now. Yeah, well, I do feel like a year ago they were setting up for the breakup. They were kind of heading that way. And then the USA thing happened and them going to TV 
kind of put a stop to the undisputed era breakup because now it was going to TV and they needed, you know, established ready-made storylines to go. And so they rolled with it and they got a lot. They, I mean, they got another great year out of it. And Adam Cole was a good, you know, just fantastic champion. So yeah, man, I, I love all of this. And this is maybe the first time at the end of a wrestling show in months that I'm like, I got to fucking watch next week. So well done and uh, good pay-per-view. I give this a solid A minus. It was definitely more entertaining than a mediocre rumble. And uh, I'm ready for the WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania on NXT now. So this was uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed this Uh, DJ barbecue. Oh, he's got his headphones off. He can't hear me. Hey, Charles, now that Ron and I have given us all our opinions, what did you think of this uh, wonderful Vengeance Day pay-per-view? Uh, I like the, the the Vengeance pay-per-view all around. It was set up a lot better. It was more organized than um, said Rumble. Um, you could tell that there was a little bit more work into it. And, like, let's be honest, like, NXT hasn't ever really had – too much of a bad pay-per-view it's always been pretty organized and well put together so i mean i liked it i especially liked the ending because they need some type of shock value uh to have on a wednesday because they've kind of lost it to be honest um you probably would agree with that one. Oh yeah um, but all around i did like it i would recommend it to have it watched more than than said rumble sweet all right ronald any parting words before we uh, go away for the week well, no, I thought it was, you know, I, I just, I really enjoyed the show. There was a lot of really good matchups on there. I give the show an A as well. Kind of had a wonky start, but it made up for it. And I, I cannot wait uh, for uh, for Wednesday. I want to see the follow-up of what happened. And I'm excited for next week because are we going to be reviewing the Chamber Oh, do I got to watch another main roster pay-per-view this weekend? Uh, chamber. All right. <laughs> yes, because it. I, I will stipulate, yes, this is the only non-major big four. That, like, they're, they're, we, will, we will always review the big four. That's fine. This is the only one I won't because we're on the road to freaking WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. So we got to do it next week, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to review the chamber. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to catch up. I guess I'm going to have to catch up and figure out what the hell's been going on TV since Royal Rumble. So I can enjoy this chamber match. And uh, you might get a little more fired up cold next week, ladies and gentlemen. A little more. And that (laughs) is why we're here. (laughs) So so for my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn and DJ Barbecue, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying have a good week, have a good night, and we'll see you next week. When we review the chamber. Oh, good night, and we love y'all. Mwahs. <laughs> Greetings, wrestling friends. I'm Ron Kilborn. Catch me every week as the new co-host of Pro Wrestling Uncut, only on the Kota I Radio Network podcast. Join myself, Cole Dawson, and DJ Barbecue as we discuss all things professional wrestling. And I got one question for you. Whose house? Ron's house. What our radio network is brought to you by Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Get to WestmanProWrestling.com and get tickets today. Revenue Brewing Company. It's the cure for what ails you. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue. 
Except when I barbecue makes barbecue so good, mm-mm, it'll put a smile on your face. And Code I Radio Network is powered by KBack.rock. Rock radio the way rock radio should be. Go to KBackRadio.com and listen today.